Let us do the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Robin, you, Seth, yeah, we something sublime. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Break the run your mouth. That's it. Run your mouth episode. I think we're episode six, right? Sure. I should know that coming in. That should be like the first piece of information that I that know. That should be at the top of your uh, list. Run your mouth episode six. We're back at Castle Feltine. Very disappointed that you're not in the robe. Oh, uh, well, things are all mixed up. But you're in total Cardinals gear. You're like as if you were going to a game right now. I'm not wearing cleats. <laughs> I meant like as a fan that uh, okay. you're, you got matching hat and... Uh. Um, sweatshirt for not even being, but I guess you're home in your own house. Who's to tell I'm you what, what to wear and what not to wear? Yeah. Um, well, it's nice to be back here. Well, I don't really make the rules around here, but, uh, Why does your wife tell you what you can and can't wear in the house? Oh, no, I could wear whatever I want. I but, mean, you normally wear a robe. This is not worse yeah, than a robe is, in any way. This is like ready to go to a wedding compared to a robe. Essentially. So this is exciting times. We got some listeners. I went on Dave Smith's podcast, Part of the Problem. We got 10 people who listen to our show, which means we increased our listenership. By 11. By like a thousand percent, though. I'm a percentage oh. <laughs> guy. We work in finance. That's like an a thousand percent increase. Bump up, yeah. So th- this is this is big times. I feel like we can almost celebrate, call it a day, just have champagne. We don't even need to do another no, episode. we got to keep pushing. I think we're, we're going to do a promotion for our first 10 listeners. You ready for this? If they email Rob at... Wait, what's my email address that I was going to give out? Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Okay. With a phone number, me and you will actually call them up and welcome them to our podcast. That's going to be our promotion for the first 10 listeners. Now, here's the thing. Me and you are both awkward people, so it's probably not going to be a great phone call. Hold on, wait. It's going to be 10 phone calls or... If all 10 people email me... whoever calls. Yeah. I mean, if no one sends me a phone number, I can't call them. Correct. But if they... Or I'll email back. You can just email, hey, what's up? I'll email back, hey, what's up? If you're a chick, we'll call you back also. We might stutter a little bit. You might get in trouble with your wife. But this is the promotion. Our first 10 listeners. We'll uh, bite the bullet. You send us an email. I will personally welcome you to our podcast. On the show or just be like a random call? No, I thought it would be a random call. But on the show could be funnier. I think you should record it at the very least. Right. But then that puts more pressure on me to make that entertaining. No, you don't have to make it entertaining. Just, you know, get the content. Right, or it could be horrible, and that could be what's funny about it—that they're really well, bad. Phone isn't that calls. what this is all about? <laughs> Making it really awkward and horrible. Yes, that is the goal of our program. Uh, so you, uh, you busted up your ankle. That—that's some big news. Usually, I come here and nothing's happened. So at least something's happened. Yeah, Lay it I, on I, me I, again. I, I needed to create some content, <laughs> so I uh, last Friday I I decided that I was gonna make that content and give us something to talk about in my life. So I. Uh, like a fucking old man was taking out the recycling and totally missed the last step and ended up in the bushes. Wait, you actually fell into a bush? Like the side shrubbery. Did it take you a little while to get out of the bush? No, I was firmly in the ground in the... Twisted ankles suck because you really can't like put any weight on it. Yeah, there's no real treatment. It's just like... Stay off it. Stay, yeah. As much as you can and hope for the best, really. Right. Well, it's not going to go <laughs> the best. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh yeah, lying on the ground and I tried to get up. At first I was like, "Oh shit, that hurts a lot. I'm not going to push this." And then there was a 
there was a woman who had just parked her car across oh, the street. Is that more embarrassing or was it actually helpful in this instance? It, it was helpful in the fact that as I was lying down and saw her walk away from her car very quickly, not even making an attempt to to witness to acknowledge that she witnessed what happened or that I was just lying in the grass. Oh, so instead of helping you, she she just oh she didn't help it out. The oh. help out. Uh, what know. an asshole! I thought you were going to tell me a good story of a no, Samaritan coming to your no, aid. No, it wasn't a good Samaritan situation. It was the only help that she was was that I she I left saw you in it. Peace? No, she <laughs> left me in peace and like pretended she didn't see it, and that's what got me to like kind of gather myself and be like okay oh, you were i need to get up like, you were so mad at her not even mad but just oh, you like just no one's coming totally like no one's coming full to help on me. embarrassing right and no one's coming to help me yeah. i gotta i gotta get out of this well it's a great intro to talk about healthcare because there have been some healthcare reforms this week have there um yes there have been i gotta say this is the most fucked up thing about our healthcare system i was unemployed for a year Okay. And uh, maybe it was more than a year, for like a year and a half. And I remember my parents, they were somewhat supportive of me doing comedy, but their big rule was, when you're 26, you got to have health insurance. And lucky for me, I was so responsible that I organized my life that I was poor enough for Medicaid. So I was wow. able to tell them that, hey, I'm okay. And now Medicaid was incredible. Like, to a flaw. I don't think anything in life should just be free. When you have Medicaid, everything is literally just free. I got myself some therapy. I saw a dentist. I got myself prescribed Adderall, which was, uh, by the way, I got to tell you, the Medicaid Adderall guy, 93-year-old Jew, he never remembered you when you showed up, and he'd be like, so what do you need? Okay. So it was like a fresh start every time. Every time. it was. It, it eventually went away, but it was like 15-minute appointments with this guy who was a kook. It was awesome. That uh-huh. guy, he, I had a friend. I sent a friend there. He got himself the max dose of Adderall and um, uh, Viagra. Um, he's dead now, heart attack. No, no, no. But seriously, you could just show up to the guy. You told him what you needed like a drug dealer. Signed that script, sent you on your way. Uh-huh. I remember the first time I went to CBS to pick up my Adderall prescription, and they just handed it to me, and all I had to do was sign. It was like that scene in Half-Baked when they hand him the weed, the- and he's like <laughs> about to jizz his pants. I swear to God, they gave me the wrong amount, but I couldn't believe that. Th- I, I I just had to get out of that CVS. I was Oh, like, you're I saying can't. like they under... Yeah, they like uh, they but gave I, you like five pills when they should have given you fifty or whatever. Yeah. But you were just like, I'm just gonna take this. Like I couldn't. They might believe. ask some more questions. Yes, I couldn't believe I could just sign something and the government was gonna give me free drugs. Uh-huh. That that was insanity. Um, now it happens to be, firstly, I was a good investment for the government because a year later I worked a job. Now I'm a tax multi millionaire. No, but I'm a tax tax paying citizen. It right, also yeah. happens to be if they didn't take half my parents' income for their entire lives. Healthcare would have been very affordable for me. In addition to which, or, all the distortions, not, yeah, all the distortions in the market. Because, so it's not like I, I don't really feel like they did me any favors, which could just be me being miserable fuck that I'm not willing to go. Like, oh yay, good old government. Thank you. Yeah, I don't have that in me. Um, but what's funny to me is I worked a job for an entire year, and I made, I made, I mean, I worked hard, I made pretty good money. But now I ended up with some healthcare costs. One of which I, I, I tore like a pec muscle. I didn't end up getting myself physical therapy because if I had done like all of taking care of all the medical care needs that I had, I would have ended up making zero money over this past year. Oh, for sure. Which is that's insane to me that I was at a, like potentially I would have had a net gain from not working because government would have provided my health care. As opposed oh, to working saying- for an entire year, whereas if I actually had gotten all the things that I could have 
like really used and needed, I would have ended up in a situation where I didn't really turn a profit over the year. That's crazy to me. No, yeah, that's pretty nutty because it's it's not just the you should it shouldn't be you work to be able to take care of yourself. Right, and then that's the one thing that you have that you had money to do. I, that, that's kind of crazy. One of the big expenses was uh, I saw a dentist, and even I have fucking dental insurance, and I ended up spending six hundred fifty dollars on getting some cavities taken care of. Are you a big cavity guy? I've never had a cavity. But my teeth are a wreck. I think that's unbelievable. I, I I mean I brush and floss. I take care, and I get so many fucking cavities. The big thing is I'm not good about. I'll brush and floss a lot during the day. But I'm not going to sleep with a fresh breath. What I my, my pillow needs me to have a clean mouth. Like but that's the longest time. I know. I get. I I've changed at, since this past cavity run. I'm done with that. Also, I always eat before bed because what are you gonna do? Why bed, not? Hun- yeah, you're gonna go to bed hungry. That's what poor people do. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> I also I don't eat when I'm out. I this is like where I kind of fuck up. Like I don't like eating while I'm out because I don't like having to use like a bathroom. So if I'm out all night, I just won't eat, and then I come home and I'm like fucking starving at one a.m. That's ridiculous. Very unhealthy. No, that's just backwards. Well, no, I'm acknowledging it's backwards. Okay. I just really don't like having to use the bathroom when I'm out, so I just won't eat. I get that that's insanity. I'm not no, saying it's, like... No, it's insane because the chances of... It's not like you're locked into definitely needing the bathroom right. if you eat. Yes, there's a chance of it, but there's a chance of needing to use the bathroom even if you don't eat. Nah, if I if I really haven't eaten in a lot of hours, I'm not gonna have to take a shit. Okay. Maybe there's no science Different to that. Strokes. I don't know. This is uh one of the things that fucking pisses me off about dentists is Oh, you've never had a cavity. You don't know how much it sucks to like get your teeth drilled or get the Novocaine. I or, can imagine that it sucks. It's not pleasant, it's not fun. But they have access to nitrous oxide. They can use the night. Nitrous is the funnest drug in the world. I once got my wisdom teeth taken out. Mm-hmm. I would do that every weekend if it was an option. Holy shit, was that fun. You ever get your wisdom teeth taken out? Yes. So I remember I, I sit in this chair. I was very young. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. One of the best <laughs> days of my life, Yussel. I sit down in this chair. Firstly, nitrous is just the greatest drug in the world. Of all drugs, nitrous is the funnest. Can't really get it other than like in balloons in a parking lot after a Grateful Dead concert. Mm-hmm. Or if you're ruining your parents whipped cream can those are like really the only two outlets for that and that's how you know if your kid's a drug addict if every time you come home and like you want to eat something with whipped cream you're like why does this whipped cream always just dribble you got a drug addict <laughs> in your ass but anyways so i go to the it, i'm at like the uh getting my wisdom teeth taken out right and you're, you're laying in that chair and they put the nitrous on you and it's like it's the good stuff because it's got the half oxygen thing going on so you don't have to worry about fucking up your brain I mean, okay. You can lounge like that all day. If you wanted to like just consume nitrous, you could kill yourself. But you get like that dentist mask, which the, with the half oxygen, half nitrous, you're not killing off any brain cells. You're just having yourself a good old party. So I remember sitting in that chair and I'm looking outside. It just feels like I'm floating in the clouds. And I turned to the dentist and I'm like, you know, what would be great right now. I was like, if you could play some Pink Floyd. And he had Pink Floyd. He put on. Well, of course. He put on. Oh, you mean because drug addicts come in there all the time? Or I'm saying. So he's just prepared you, for that you situation. You need to have like some certain things if you have that type of oh you're saying i thought access. i was cool that i was actually making that request you're thinking people are making that request that's all probably the time. a top three one <laughs> what else would be like oh well, you know like some some grateful dead right and i don't know maybe he I'm just chills up. in there he knows that he's got the nitrous he throws some parties there late at night could be yeah. so he gives me the night he goes hey man i got it i'm putting it on right so he puts it on then they knock you out for the actual surgery with whatever they knock you out with 
So I come to, I stand up, and I just start dancing with the nurse. That's how drugged I am. By the way, they, they have a room. They put people in a room for like 15, 20 minutes after the surgery because you're and fucking, you know, yeah, because yeah, you're drugged out from it. So I get up, I'm dancing with the nurse. They dance me into this room. They put me down in like this chair. And then I don't know why my mom's in that room, but they, they, they well, put my mom. Someone needs to take you home. I guess, you no, know, they need someone to watch over you. So I'm sitting in this chair and <laughs> my mom's sitting there and I start going like finger. Actually. Fi- I swear to God. Yeah. Why would I make this up? I go finger in the mouth. And blood, because I just got oh, surgery, just starts exploding oh out of my mouth. And my mom starts freaking out. <laughs> and I'm on drugs, so I think it's the funniest thing in, that I've ever done in my entire life. So I'm just getting in her face. <laughs> blood spurting. And then she's like yelling, you got to stop that. You're going to ruin the surgery. <laughs> and then I just keep going. And then she finally goes, I'm going to tell your dad you have a problem. And I stopped. That was the thing that I definitely had that in my I don't know if other people had that. I definitely had that, like you mentioned, I'm going to tell your father. And like that, that was it. We weren't That's doing a, that anymore. Yeah. That was, um, uh, but now let's talk about Republicans and health care. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. So they're finally, um, they're making some changes. They're changing it up and it's going to be the best. Well, I feel like they don't actually have any solutions. So don't make changes unless you actually have something that you think is going to work. And it sounds like they don't know what the fuck they have as a plan. Well, I, Can I turn this I, off by the way. I, oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks. <laughs> Moving images, just like I, I'm going to end up just watching it. Yeah. Um, Israel's up three nothing on Netherlands uh, in the WBC. Just uh, for fuck, all our listeners, fuck the Netherlands. Um, but that's off now. Right. So, um, I I know nothing about this, but my just baseless opinion on it would be, it's not like you need to take away the whole thing. You could just make, you could kind of like tinker with it. So like, why not do that? Well, why seem, not just like? Right. It seems like they're almost just tinkering with it because they're obsessed with knowing that they got rid of Obamacare and they almost want to just like get rid of that legacy program for him. But that's that's what the the isn't. It, they're not tinkering with it. They're just abolishing it and then putting in a new, brand new. Well, I think in truth, they're just making tinkerings. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think they have like a full new... But this is what's... The dumbest thing to me, we had said this with like the Trans-Pacific Partnership a while ago, that you can start small and then expand. They keep keep trying to throw Hail Marys, and then you invest so much resources into creating these new plans, and they're too grand for anyone to even wrap their head around or for really even work. I feel like in, in healthcare, you got a similar thing where it's like, there must have been cost of the insurance companies in terms of trying to structure programs around what Obamacare was going to give them by way of financial incentives. In other words, but all that gets passed on to us as consumers. If they have legal costs or they have a marketing team that's got to structure policies, mm-hmm. that's going to translate into costs of their product, right? So if government just keeps on going, changing its mind about every what they're willing four, to pay yeah. for every three years – that's just cost us. That's not effective. It's not doing anything. But that's the thing. I don't think. I don't think they necessarily care, or that's not at the forefront of it. It's more of the kind of overriding, big picture kind of thing that they care about because that's what that's what has more of an impact. You know what? If well, this is this to, is this is Ryan's big claim. Uh, this is his marketing spiel. The marketing spiel. It's all about the market. That's what I'm saying. It's all about the marketing spiel rather than the nitty gritty fine details. Marketing spiel. Yeah. That's that's not going to, you know, be 
that's not something that you could, you know, give a speech about. <laughs> right. So the marketing spiel is first to get it passed was we're going to offer you better choices. You didn't have choices with mm-hmm. Obamacare. We're going to get you better options. Market spiel two is as conservatives, we're all about kind of the free market and the free market is more efficient than government. So we're going to create structures within healthcare reform that we're going to allow the free market to go to work and kind of lower costs. Okay. I don't think they got any plan in place. I don't think I haven't heard a single idea from them in terms of what they're doing to introduce. One of their ideas is like, hey, we'll offer policies like cross state, but I don't even know if they're doing that in this instance. The other thing is one of the big lies was in terms of uh, um, was in terms of creating coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. Now I think government's basically going to pick up the tab in those cases so that it's not like a cost on me or you. But that still becomes a, t- a cost in terms of taxing us. So At the end of the day, yeah. It's still a cost to us. So I, I don't know what they're doing to improve it. The only thing I'm thinking is Paul Ryan has really put himself out on the line on this of, hey, we have an improved plan. Now, he's a young guy. He's kind of the stud of the Republican Party. So if he really has no fresh ideas on this, and this is just, it seems a little short-sighted from him. Yeah. So I can't imagine, I, like, so in that regard, I think like, hey, he must have something here, because otherwise I don't know why he'd put his neck out on something that's just going to flop on him down the line. You know what I mean? I, he doesn't really have an incentive yeah, to come it's, out with It's garbage. one thing if there's like an older guy who could kind of take that risk for his legacy, like, uh, if this... Or just to this, get elected. This is not his election. Yeah. You know what I mean? This if doesn't... this flops, like... Okay, there's no for what certain seen, guys. Well, there's the you know there's no real lasting impact. Like either this this is good, you know, like this pans out, right. and I'm like the kind of hero, or you know. Well, just, I think we've seen with Trump getting elected, politicians are being punished for not doing their jobs well. We're in a new space now that people feel like politicians are not representing them well, and they're going to punish them, and they're going to look to outside new people, new ideas. Well, I think so. This is like we're, they need to put up or shut up. This is used use the term the hail mary. Like I feel like everything, not just this, everything in this new regime is really like the hail mary tactic for for across the board. Where well, when I say hail, like, when I say hail mary tactic, what I mean is you can get first down. So like. If we're looking for free trade, we can make an agreement with this country. We can make an agreement with that country. We could take the like an industry. We could take oil and say, okay, within oil, we're not going to have tariffs. Instead, what they did is they got all of these companies, countries together. They created this huge multi-thousand page document. That's what I'm saying, that, that so, it's, it's not like a chip away at stuff thing. Right. It's, it's just throwing these crazy big things out there, maybe one out of five hit. Right. And, you know, like, that'll be a huge success or even one out of ten, whatever it is. But, like, there's there's no, like, there's slow, no sl- meticulous, right. um, kind of grinded out long-term plan. It's just a series of these big attempts okay. that could totally flop. Right. And if one pans so what out, would, then what would be the other good. example? Having a wall, a total immigration ban. Um, <laughs> the wall's a fucking Hail Mary. Right. I guess so. Okay. Next. And, and it's just his way. It, it it's trickles down from Trump, I think. Yeah, that's just his way of going about things. Okay, it's, I don't know if the healthcare per se is a trickle down for Trump because the Republican Party has been just wanting been to do about that it. For, yeah. for a while. That's been yeah. one of the big talking points, but maybe you're right. So next is um, 
Bush was just on Kimmel. Did he catch him on Kimmel? I did not. You're so, going to have to tell me about it. I will. I'm going to lay it on you. That's why I introduced the topic. This uh, is W, right? <laughs> yes. We've already talked about this guy. Like That how, he's making a comeback. That he's like, you know, like, as soon as, you know, Trump has become president, he's like, all right, I could put myself out there <laughs> and not, you know, he always had that um, stigma of being like the dumbest president. Right. Oh, and now he now it's like fuck that. This is a smart guy. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny that people seem to they're starting to like him. He's also happens to be kind of a likable, funny guy. Yeah, he always so, has been. Yeah. So I'm telling you, our kids are going to think like, oh, he was the greatest person ever, just because I think we're going to start seeing more of him. So you got to you got to listen to this quick segment sure. on Kimmel because honestly, he was hilarious. No preface. Famously on yes, Saturday Night Live. You want to hear something terrible? Yeah. So I had dinner with Lauren Michaels, the head of Saturday Night Live, and I said, he said, I put a great speechwriter on you, and he came up with strategery. And I said, wait a minute, I said strategery. <laughs> and he said, no, you didn't say strategery. I said, I damn sure said strategery. <laughs> he said, we invented I said, well, let me ask you this. Did he come up with misunderestimate? <laughs> really? Funny as shit, dude. Uh-huh. And then he's on there because he's promoting, uh, he's become a bit of an artist now. He's got a book out on art. He's kind of doing a reverse Hitler where, you know, he started in government. Now he's moving over to painting pictures of his mother's dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of doing the opposite. And here's a fun fact about his artwork. You know that, uh, the famous painting, The Scream? You know that? He, he no, no, did no. it? He didn't paint that. Oh, but okay. if you combine The Scream and The Mona Lisa, you actually get a photograph of Bush choking on that pretzel. <laughs> Eh, not All a bad right. joke, huh? All right, moving on. Um, now we got our commercial segment, Dumb Commercials of the Week. Okay. So the commercial that I'm highlighting this week was I was watching this um, commercial for, of course, fuck, I, I didn't cue it up. We might have to, our viewers might have to listen to some advertisements right now. Do you, can you believe that, by the way? Sometimes on YouTube, they'll have like an advertisement before you're trying to watch a commercial. Well, they don't know that it's a commercial. It's just YouTube video. Well, I guess they and just... Whoever and is they putting know that it people are clicking is, on it, right. Well, it's whoever puts it out determines if they want, you know, what type of ad right. to preface it. So this is not their television no ad, ad, but Wall Shavers is getting the endorsement of fire departments or something. Ooh. And, like, they're showing these ads. And I, I was watching, I was like, wait, are firemen known for being well-shaven? Like, why is that your, your, your people? Like, I always thought they were sexy for, like, a rugged thing. Like, yeah. So anyways, I was watching there. I was trying to find that commercial, and then I ended up finding like they had like a longer YouTube commercial, and I thought this one line was ridiculous, so we're going to highlight it right now. Oh, so this is a fireman talking about why wall shavers are important to firemen. Whenever you're in emergency services, perception is a big part of it because you look good, you work good. We have to... <laughs> like, like some dude... <laughs> Is in a fire and they're like, hold on, you can't rescue me. You look terrible. <laughs> you are not clean shaven. Um, I'll just burn alive. <laughs> I'm going to need someone with a nicer haircut to save me from my burning house. Yeah, so that's our dumb commercial of the week. Oh, well, that was, that was a nice segment. Perfect. Now we have our next segment is Stupid Scientists, where we're highlighting dumb things that scientists are working on. So the first one is they're working on resurrecting woolly mammoths. They watched um, Jurassic Park, and they realized, hey, bringing back dead animals is a good idea. I'm not sure why woolly mammoths. Like, I've never walked around in life and been like, I could really use a woolly mammoth right now. Me neither. 
Yeah, maybe they're delicious. I don't know. This might be like endorsed by Burger King. But I was thinking the one thing that would be really funny is if they bring back a woolly mammoth and it just makes the most annoying sound in the world. Like, remember in Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah. When he's like, you can't triple stamp, you can't triple stamp. Like, I could just see, like, they, like, awaken the thing and it just is so, they just shoot it on the spot. <laughs> like, hey, if anyone asked, we, we couldn't pull this thing off. Seems fucking stupid. I don't know why you're bringing back woolly mammoths. Um, in other scientist news, there was a news article of... They found this turtle in Thailand that had 900 coins removed from the turtle's stomach. And I think they were saying that as like an environmental thing. Like, hey, we got to start putting shit in the ocean. But I read that. I was like, we got to kill some turtles, find some of these coins. <laughs> Get some of these turtle coins going. Next. Mario? Yeah. <laughs> Next, you got space travel. Um, SpaceX wants to do a moon tourism. If, you, if you're a tourist, yeah, right? no fucking way. They, I'll pass. That's a hard no for They me. will take you, I mean, a couple million bucks, they'll take yeah. you to the moon. I was thinking, imagine having like an aisle seat on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the moon. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, you don't even get the view. And then the other thing is like, I lose my mind on a 10-hour flight. Like, I will take Ambien if I'm taking a four-hour flight. There's no amount of Ambien that's going to get you to the fucking moon. Like, there's no. Well, how inf- long is it from the Earth to Moon? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I can't imagine it's quick though. Well, you're on a rocket. Not, yeah, but the rocket. Like a- I think after you, the rocket is mostly just to leave Earth's atmosphere. Then after that, it might just be like a gravity. I I don't know. Oh. I, I really have no idea. Probably days. The other thing is like you know how much training goes into like becoming an astronaut and like you're just gonna like spend money to train for that like dude that's someone's job like that's not a vacation that doesn't sound well it could it's it's a vacation for the rich and famous i guess i don't know that's well, because like what like when you have a certain amount of money right i guess like, that's it like gets a to trophy. a point where it's what like, are you gonna brag to your friends about or what are you gonna spend it on it's like oh i'll throw 10 million on and a couple of years of just training to prepare myself for this. Doesn't just sound. so that you can say that you've been to the moon, and you're not even a fucking astronaut, right? And like you're not you're not like on some space mission. I don't know. It doesn't also, sound. Also, who am I to judge? But also, it just doesn't like, sound like a fun vacation to me. Also, when the forty hours, your kids going, are we there yet? Are we at the moon yet? Are we there yet? Well, it's only two people, so I can't imagine it's like a whole family. No, I don't know that it's only two people. They're before. starting it out with just two. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think everyone. Has, has access to, to see everything or at least, you know, have their own cabin, I would hope, or some sort of shit if you're paying for that. But in the thing is, like, these SpaceX kind of missions and the rocket launches yeah, and the landings, like, not even, like, blowing, like, if I'm not, like, tracking the full numbers, but, like, it seems like, you know, one out of five, one out of ten of these, like, landings end up with, like, crashing on some moat out in the ocean and it's like why would you trust f- it? you know like <laughs> why would you pay five ten million dollars to go on a vacation to the moon for <laughs> for you know like i guess like there's that appeal of it possibly ending up crashing and burning also but that's part of the oh because it's more yeah, it's more the intrigue yeah. yeah like why I do people like, like climb everest yeah yeah that shit. um so there was this article about What's going on? It, let's say you sneak into the country, um, and you get picked up by what's the? I forgot the name of the organization that picks you up, but you get picked up and you get detained, right? So now you have a thing where um, they're actually suing the prison because they're saying the tens of thousands of immigrants detained by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement were forced to work for a dollar a day, 
I read that, and it sounds to me like we're helping these people live their dream of working in the U.S. <laughs> just like a start. It's like an entry-level position. Yeah, exactly. But like this is actually... You... The article itself, it happens to be pretty pretty horrifying. So now, in this case, it's not like... I, I, they kind of paint it as being slave labor, but it's not like they're building like car parts or something like that. It sounds to me like they're actually doing prison maintenance work. Like they're mm. there. But now, where you might say, hey, prisons to rehabilitate, right? And so coming in, having to work a job, having to have that discipline, maybe that works for prisoners. The problem is these people aren't prisoners. They're being detained to maybe be sent back to their country. So there's no, Uh this isn't like a re, this isn't supposed to be a rehabilitating experience for these people. Um, Now, so I want to read these two paragraphs in the article. So advocates say private prison companies that a government contract stand to benefit significantly from the president's hardline policy of detaining and deporting a massive number of immigrants. That means you need to round up and detain more people in order to determine whether they have the rights to stay in this country before you deport them. Notably, the stocks of the two biggest private prison operators, Geo Group and Core Civic, have surged since Trump's election. The company donated a f- total of 500000 to Trump's inauguration festivities, U.S. Today, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I think private prisons is a really disgusting concept. I think part of why government exists, if they have any role— if government has any role, it's to do two things. It's three things. It's one, to monopolize kind of force so that there's a third party on violence and we're all not afraid of each other and killing each other. The next is removing moral hazards from the marketplace. Moral hazard, are you familiar with the term? Moral hazard? Moral hazard is like if I went out drinking with your liver. So I get all the benefits of enjoying like drinking and you wake up with a hangover in the morning. Uh-huh. So here's an example of like a moral hazard was in the um, the subprime uh, banking crisis. So all the rating agencies, they were being paid by the companies that they were rating. That was a moral hazard because they had incentive to... Keep uh, the rating high. Keep the rating high because that's who was paying them, right? So here you got, to me, what's a really flagrant moral hazard. You have people pro- profiting off of human misery. In other words, like if you run a private prison, right... You can decide, hey, I'm giving these people one less bologna sandwich a day. Hey, I'm going to stuff a cell with one more person. Hey, I'm going to lobby the government to make sure that there's mandatory minimum sentencing so that I have customers within my prison. Uh-huh. That shouldn't exist. There's no, it's yeah. disgusting. That is, that is an, government's job is to remove moral hazards. In this case, they're creating a moral hazard because you're creating a structure by which private companies can profit off of human misery. It just shouldn't exist. Now, the, the flip side argument is saying, hey, private companies, they might be able to provide it at a cheaper, like in a cheaper way. States are saving money. Garbage. If we're going to be imprisoning people, right, there should be no opportunity for profit in that transaction whatsoever. Now, the other problem that government is supposed to address is um, what we'll call free rider problems. Free rider is like pollution. Like you drive your car because it's the most convenient way to get to work, and it pollutes. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay really the cost of pollution. But like generally speaking, we all are paying a cost because you're polluting, right? Uh-huh. Um, same with like if you're like a company and you're dumping shit into the ocean. So it's no, no sweat off your back. So it's what's, it's what's called a free rider problem because you get a free ride, but there's mm-hmm. actually a cost there. You're just not paying that cost. Directly. So where government can come in is actually regulate against free rider problems. Say, hey, you can't pollute. Right? So um, there was this really interesting article in BBC. Um, you know, let me pull it up so I can tell our new 10 listeners what the headline is. 
Um, it's called How Economics Killed the Antibiotic Dream. So with antibiotic use, you have an interesting moral hazard that every time human beings use antibiotics, we're creating a problem where the diseases and germs we're trying to get rid of are becoming resistant to our antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if germs become completely resistant to our antibiotics, we're fucked. Right. So now you got strep throat, you go to the doctor, so for your personal benefit, give me the fucking antibiotics so I can be healthy quicker. Mm -hmm. Now, for all of humanity, though, it's better, perhaps, if you don't get those antibiotics. I don't know if that's the perfect example of, of this theory, but in general... I think the overprescribing of antibiotics were a problem. We had a similar issue where they actually got rid of Remembrance soap. They used to have like they had like the antibacterial soap. Yeah. They had to get rid of that because it was increasing um, the drug resistant bacteria. Oh yeah. So that was government coming in to kind of correct a free rider problem. So while generally speaking, I kind of think government is a necessary evil. I think that's one of the things that is important to have a government structure in place for is dealing with free rider problems. Now, along the same line of kind of addressing where government might be helpful, am I, am I completely losing here? Uh, no, I'm okay. with you. So um, I read this crazy article that McDonald's, not McDonald's, actually Burger King. So everyone likes having their cheap Burger King, right? So part of the process of how they're able to create a cheap burger is that they've destroyed rainforests in Brazil and Bolivia in order to create fields where they were able to... Uh, create soy and that soy i guess that's the cheapest way for them to produce it and then get it into the burger right okay so now capitalism is there's a guy over here who wants to spend three dollars for a good burger here's a company that can produce it for them but then you look at the bigger picture like this is insane that guy doesn't need to eat a three dollar burger and a rainforest over there doesn't need to be destroyed in order to produce you produce that for you so in some ways i do think like it's kind of good when someone steps in and goes hey let's look at the bigger picture here and maybe step in and not just allow for this free market between this consumer who wants to purchase this and this company that's willing to destroy the environment in order to get that person a product that really doesn't serve anyone a purpose. Okay, like... They can do that, and the government can step in there. I, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm kind of... I Listen, I... I Generally speaking, I view myself as a libertarian, and I think government usually exploits its power and it gets in the way. I do, however, sometimes look at the way that as human beings we're organizing ourselves and whether or not we're making intelligent decisions. And so in this specific regard, sometimes you look at what the free market is capable of producing and you go, oh, that's kind of an ugly picture. You got these dumb consumers over here who want the cheapest possible hamburger. You got some evil, not necessarily, yeah. fine, don't even call them evil, but you got this really large corporation that's willing to do anything to grab that profit. And so the ultimate end result is destroying rainforest, people getting fat and unhealthy. Now, could be, and this is like the bigger libertarian argument, is that if you really left everything to the free market, so I guess maybe people would come up with a cheaper, more nutritional thing they wouldn't even want to eat there, or if they actually had to pay the real healthcare costs of being that unhealthy, they wouldn't want to be that unhealthy, or maybe their life would be so good that they didn't even want to go into a Burger King in the first place. Maybe. I don't know. Let's move on. Anything on that? That's uh, a little I think heady. you covered it. All right. Perfect. Um, okay. Do you remember the old Bud Light commercials where they were like, 
going out shopping and the dude fucking hates shopping and then he like sneaks under the coat rack and they're all watching yeah. the game hanging out you remember those commercials uh-huh. those were great commercials they did a bunch of those so out in hungary they're um to keep like uh uh to guard against refugees they're building an electrical fence right okay i was thinking it would be talking. so funny if like the refugees just started camping out at the fence they managed to like hack the electricity grid <laughs> Just becomes like a big old party. They're setting up televisions. They got free heaters. Like, they, like <laughs> they think that they're keeping them out, but they exactly just, like, they just end up like all like, like living a, 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 along the fence somehow, hacking into the electricity. Um, all right, next story. Out in Iran, they blocked Waze. Waze has been blocked yeah. in Iran because it was created by the Israelis. Of course. And yeah. I think what's funny about that, like now if you're in Iran and you're stuck in traffic, you can't be like, fuck those Jews. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm thinking, this is what, remember they I was should, yeah. telling you about that, uh, the, um, the 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 bacteria shit, the penicillin, that that's like the big, penicillin actually invented by a Jew. We want to get rid of anti-Semitism. You know, everything says made in China, say made by a Jew. People are not going to want to murder us anymore. Every time yeah. they get like, Think about it, like, I, I can't even imagine how many things would... Probably boatload. I know penicillin falls in that category just from having read that BBC article. Um, all right, we're, this is a whole segment of Jew news. I got, maybe, oh, we'll, I might Jew get, segment. like, I might get Hava Nagila in post Getting here. juicy. You want to sing Hava Nagila Hava while I... Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, out in the you UK... You got to pay for that. <laughs> Why, are you actually charging people for... For singing? For Hava Nagila Havas? No, just, just my voice. For your cantorial, when was the last time you cantered? I canter all the time. I don't know. No. But paid work? Oh, paid work? Just Yom Kipper. Listen, you send your number to our email address. Yussel will get on the phone and sing for you. He'll take requests like a fucking jukebox. For pay. No, we got to keep all 10 of these listeners, you know, safe. We got to grow it. Um, oh, you had something on this. This was uh, Amazon trying to keep, like, um, anti-Semitic literature off of Amazon. I sent you that article last week. All right, whatever. Like, they they don't want, like, that you should be able to, like, uh. sell Mindcom for, like, really just anything anti-Semitic. So I wanted to see, like, how easy it is to find anti-Semitic material yeah, on like Amazon. how deep you have to, yeah, like, like, search. And if, like, you look up Mein Kampf, there's not, like, uh, on the sidebar, like, how to murder a Jew or, like... <laughs> it's like, people who bought this also, also bought- loved, like, how the Jews are stealing your money. It's not that easy to find this shit. I think the only thing that's really up there... You have to go on, there, like, super deep dives. Yeah, I think the only thing that's really up there is Mein Kampf, and, like, I feel like Mein Kampf's historical enough. Like, who am I... Like, go ahead, read Mein Kampf. Yeah, I think that's more mainstream at this point. Right. Where it's like more informational, more than like neo-Nazis wanting to to buy it to right. you know, plan there. And now out in, out in Israel, they're actually making pot legal. <laughs> it's good for them. Yeah. Now, on that resort... Especially if you're living in Israel. It's stressful enough, like you should yeah. be allowed to smoke. Well, I'm just shocked that with a place with that many problems that they had the resources to be prosecuting pot. Like, I would think if there's any one place in the world that just got bigger fish to fry. Well, maybe they were just done with that. What do you mean? They just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, there were probably a few cases where they, they had to. Right. They're like, okay, enough of this shit. We have, right. we have more problems. Well, that's where... With. This is kind of a slight, in some in a slight way, proof to me when I was kind of describing... Uh, that was a kind of Obama theory of, like, we can be the moral leaders in the world... <laughs> But I was kind of saying, like, with the military investment, if we were to start 
investing in smarter things. I think we could set precedent where other countries might go, oh, that that's like a better system. And I think it's true with pot laws that since we've kind of started to legalize it, I think other countries are following suit. So I think in some ways we do kind of like set the, set the standard. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, dude, we got some more segments left. Next one is post story of the week. Okay. So the first one is they had a story. This was actually from uh, two weeks ago, but um, actually I had in high school. I used to live with this kid, Yehuda Mandel, one of my best friends. I haven't spoken to him in 10 years because I'm an asshole, but okay. we were really good friends. And I used to come like back to the room late at night. I lived in a dorm. I used to come back to like – I wasn't like gay and living with a dude in high school. Um, <laughs> so I used to come back at I'll like – set the record straight. Yeah, here. I wanted to make sure on that. Uh, I don't date enough for there to be any questions about my sexuality. So I come back late at night, and he'd be reading like, newspa- like New York Post that I had in the room from like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I'd be like – you know, that's like old news. And he, I always thought this was so funny. We go, it's still news to me. <laughs> Wait, no, that was such a funny concept of the news that like, yeah, like yeah, I guess, back the fuck up. Like, no, I guess that's, I'm just, I guess that's know, true. Like, if you didn't read a newspaper for a month, so something that happened a month ago was news to you. But then also like, it's not like post stories get old. Yeah. Well, you know, other than the like very timely stuff, right. like it's not like you're. So they had a new, it was called my boob job ruined my life. Oh yeah. That's timeless. That's yeah. Just, so I'm like, so I, of course I was like I gotta check this out and then the article's all about like these women who had like size D tits and then decided to go to size Z tits yeah and you're Unnecessary. like yeah you're like of course that wasn't that wasn't a good idea now personally I'm kind of uh can we get into this or we'll get in trouble I'm kind of fan of uh fake titties yeah let's get into this okay my my theory on titties is like the second they're out you're like alright those are tits where tits are kind of intriguing is when people are clothed. That's kind of more when you turn oh, your sure. head. And so if they're fake, the more intriguing part about tits are where they're in a bra and away. So it's like if they're fake, the one time fake tits kind of stink is like once the once the clothes are off, you're like, oh, that's like a firm fake titty, right? But when tits are away, that's kind of the more intriguing part. And I find with a lot of chicks, you think they have a great rack anyways, and then once the bra comes, like it's it's Just horrific. Yeah, it's a, like a mess. So it's like I, I'm 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 pro fake titty. Only you're saying like pro up until well, okay. If you got great tits, great. Like I actually like like a small like a perky bee. I'm a fan of that. I also listen. I'm a fan of everything. Yeah. I'm not I'm not discriminating against titties here. But what I am pointing out is I think the more intriguing thing about breasts are when you're fully clothed. So, so it, go go crazy. Not go, necessarily go crazy, but if go you're... Go to a Z. No, no, I don't think you want to... No, like... I think... You know who I actually think is best suited with fake breasts is... Um, I think like... nationality or... No, no, no. If you're like kind of like a chubbier chick, but you don't have like a rack, so you can kind of like... Big titties will keep you in the game where it's like proportionally you still kind of seem you know what i mean like sometimes people are like they're a little bit like chunky but they got like huge tits so it's like proportionally they still kind of seem like skinny but then i've seen people who are like just barely chubby that are flat chested those are the people like those that's the one group of people i think uh like it's a it's a good move for i hear you other than that i feel like you you keep just stay away it's not worth it also, I get scared with plaque because I feel like you get started and like, we're, we're, you know, you end up break something. Not that you break something, but once you just start making like you, it's like tattoos, you get one, then you're just fucking covered. 
I feel like you get started with fake tits, and then Wait, it's not like it's not like you, you get like eight of them, and then oh. you end up like getting a new nose. You uh-huh. try to improve your eyelids. Like, You're not talking about like extra tits. Um, no. Where it's like you get started with the tits. That's you can what turn I'm saying. Into a total Recall chick, get like three old titties. Another movie I've never seen. Wow. Okay, I got to stop referencing movies here. Know, like, You're really not coming to my aid on a lot of these. Just um, leaving you high and dry. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, moving on. Okay, so Trump has signed a new travel ban. And basically, from what I'm understanding, the only change is that now he's letting in people from Iraq. And Ooh. I feel like eventually they're just going to like keep on rejecting it. It'll be like, well, can I at least ban the Syrians? This like he's just gonna keep. What about the Libyans? Okay, fine. I'll ban the Libyans and the Syrians. You guys can allow in the uh, <laughs> the Iraqis and the Jordanians and the, I don't know if Jordan was ever. Another, and then they're gonna be like, no, you gotta let them. In. He's like, well, then who the fuck can I ban? <laughs> you know, what I what I become president for? You gotta let me rule out someone. Come on, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Um. Now, he's doing some wacky shit when it comes to immigration. So the first thing he's doing is there's this thing called the H-1B visa visas. Now, what the H-1B visas are, if you're like a company like Google and you want to get an employee here, so there's a way that you can win a lottery to then spend $1,200 to get someone fast-tracked a visa. Now, what these visas are theoretically for are for your really smart people that they want to be able to recruit from other countries. Mm -hmm. Now, we had mentioned this briefly last week, and I actually thought it was – like a really good example, so I want to kind of elaborate on it. When it comes to sports, if someone's the best athlete, we'll bring them in here, no questions asked. Now, the stupidity of when it comes to being entertained, we'll go, I want the best entertainer. But when it comes to cancer research, we'll go, an American better work that job. When it comes uh, to software development, we go, no. You're going to have to win a lottery to get this guy in. Now, the the flip side argument is they go, okay, well, a lot of these are going to um, like maybe lower wage tech workers. It could have been American jobs. But I think, firstly, what I'm seeing, these are companies like Google. These are big companies. They're already willing to spend $1,200. I have an idea for making American jobs. Why don't we create a department, make visa entry very expensive, and start researching who are smart people that would benefit to let have here. In other words, I'm sure Google might be willing to spend $20,000 if they could just say, hey, this is the guy we want developing this program. And then you could employ someone for an entire year at this visa department to basically say, okay, I'm good on that visa. Uh huh. These people are willing to fucking pay for visas. Instead of having a lottery at $1,200, why don't we find out what the market cost to Google actually recruiting a talent from another country is and have them pay that price? So have like a bidding. You don't even need not, to be bidding. Not even like a, you, an auction. It's almost like a tariff on talent where it's like if this guy is so good from that country and you want him here, you is it to worth You pay a premium. Right? Yeah, because and then you can create a job over here of the people who are pre-screening it. But now- this actually runs a little bit deeper because I very much think that we can be staying ahead of other countries by allowing their best talent to come here and basically be working on Team America. <laughs> fucking cat. Yeah, fucking cat is right. <laughs> Did it just break that? No, we're all good. Just knock the zoom off the table. Just make sure we're uh, we're still recording. Yeah. Um. Good. So there was this article in NPR headlining "Deported with a Valid U.S. Visa." Jordanian says messages you're not welcome. So there's this incident, this guy's coming in from, from Jordan, 
He speaks like four languages, which is four more than I speak. Probably knows English better than I do, right? Now, he always lived in Jordan. He was originally from Syria, and they wouldn't let him in because he doesn't have a Syrian passport, but he never really lived in Syria. I think he was like in Jordan from like age one or something, okay. right? So not only did they deport him, but they put him in a room with mattresses on the floor. There's five other people in this room, and now let's hear about who these five other people are. There were five mattresses on the floor for six people. Abu Roman says everyone crammed into the cell had advanced degrees, including an Indian engineer working for an American company. Like, we're fucking with the wrong people here. Yeah. If smart people want to come work here, Just... I think that benefits us. Now, I've even seen... And also, you don't want to yeah. get them angry. I don't know. You don't want to get them upset. Like, they're the ones that you want to kind of nurture and develop. Right. And also, like, you know, make it a positive experience as opposed to them like calling back to wherever they are and be like and hating this fucking thing it's just you know like just me just to get me to my fucking desk to start working i have to go through all these fucking hoops and and right then here's an additional um an additional problem with that fuck i kind of just lost my train of thought um sorry no no it's all good uh just give me two seconds here Whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I know um, I had a buddy who was working in accounting, and apparently you have a lot of Asian students that come into our country, they'll study something, some of them will actually get hired by companies, but then they have to win a lottery, I guess, to stay and continue working. Now, from what I understand of a lot of those Asians is that they come from wealthy parents. That's how they ended up in this country in the first place. Uh-huh. Now, it seems to me if they have an accounting degree from America, you send them back to China. Now, I would imagine that they're able to do some accounting role over there, maybe it pays them less money, but I would imagine if they have an accounting degree in America or they pass our CPA exam, like even a JP Morgan or someone can probably just send the work to their desk in China for less money. I would imagine. Like, huh. there's a reality to the situation here that people in other countries are more educated, they're willing to work for less. You kind of can't get around that. So I would think if someone's smart, wealthy, and willing to work here, like, I guess it's an American job, but it's like. Would you rather that that job's over there, they're paying taxes over there, and they're not spending the money over there? Um, So in addition to that, there was actually an incident with J.P. Morgan Chase where they were basically being bribed. You had wealthy Chinese officials would basically give them business deals if they were hiring their kids. Uh Now, and they got in a lot of trouble. I think it was like a $164 million fine. That's nothing for them. Whatever, but that sounds like good business to me. Uh-huh. So you're getting the wealthy Chinese people's kids to come here, right? If they're living here, that means that all the money that they've made in China is going to come to America because they'd rather have it here. And be used here also. That's like the- winning a war without going to war. You're taking their yeah, resources you're, 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 and their best people. Yeah, that, that's what I was kind of thinking earlier also, like where not only are you, what, what we were saying, kind of quote-unquote poaching, like it goes it goes double because... Not only are we bringing those, you know, talent, talented people in for those top jobs, you're also taking one person away or, you know, multiple people away from other countries kind of advancing to get to our right, level. Right, they can't even get to our level. It, this is really shitty. I mean, like, it, 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 it's, it's shit. It's backwards. No, no, no. It's almost like a shitty thing for us to do. But you want to keep America ahead of the rest of the world, this way you do. If you have a certain level of wealth, you can take a smart test. And if you pass that smart test, you're welcome to live here. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people in other countries that would take us up on that. 
we'd end up with a lot of smart, wealthy people moving here. Other countries would be pissed and fucked. And you know what would happen? They'd probably invent things here that we'd end up selling in other places that would create American jobs. Now, the news story would be, hey, the smart Asians are taking our jobs. or No, if they're in that other country, they're going to create in that other country. They're going to spend their money in that other country. Mm-hmm. Dude, imagine like if the wealthiest fucking people from China, they're going to buy American goods. Anyone who currently lives in New York, you know what's going to happen? Their real estate's going to go up. Yeah. It benefits us. I don't know. It's a very, it's very short-sighted. Okay. Now, just in kind of continue talking about the opportunity that it is um, of taking like other countries' wealth just by letting them spend it here. So um, there was this interesting article in the Wall Street Journal called Review Asia's Precarious Rise. I want to read two paragraphs and then comment. You on board? Sure. Okay. In just weeks, the world began asking whether China's glory days were over. Since then, the evidence has only accumulated that China has entered a prolonged economic slowdown marked by a stampede of capital out of the country, totaling $725 billion last year. According to the Institute of International Finance, China's leaders will have to craft meaningful reforms to maintain even moderate growth in the years ahead. And these four worries weren't bad enough. They pale in comparison with the most profound obstacle to Asia's continued rise. The risk of war, increasingly the region is regressing to a 19th century brand of power politics and which might mark and which might makes right. That's a weird sentence. Mm-hmm. Such real politic is hardly reassuring in a neighborhood that includes five nuclear armed powers, China, India, North Korea, Pakistan, and Russia. Hmm. Do you ever, do you ever play Gaga as a kid? Of course. Now, I used to kick ass at Gaga because in camp, they used to have contests, and if you won Gaga, you got free pizza, you got free ice cream. I'm going to be good at anything that includes free junk food as a fat kid, right? Mm-hmm. My strategy in Gaga was wherever the ball was, you wanted to stay the fuck away from that ball. Like, yeah, it's fun to be where the ball is and pass it around, but if you're away from the ball, you got no risk of that thing hitting your legs. Until, Until it gets to... everyone beats each other off yeah. and there's three people left, and then you got very little risk of... I feel like Asia's that way. Stay the fuck away from them. Like, that whole pivot to Asia thing. Like, if these people want to go to war with each other, like, Let them. stay the fuck out of it. We're over here. We can live a good life. We can live by example. We do not need to get involved in their bullshit. No, yeah. And we can force them to make better opportunities for their citizens if we let the richest, wealthiest, and smartest just move here because we're creating more opportunity for them. That's the way you correct the world. Moving the, on. The Gaga point. Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we at on time? I'm just, I'm just curious to know how long we've been going about for. an hour. We've been going for an hour? Okay, we got we got two more topics left, and then um, and they're quick ones. Well, oh, aren't, aren't, yeah. Don't you think we're already at that kind of like point where we should end the podcast oh no (laughs) end of the gaga game we're not really the end but like you know like it's kind of whittled down to the top the top players uh, players no i just more mean that if you're gonna have turmoil over there between china russia north korea japan it's like let them let them have the repercussions of not getting along let the one or two come you know rise to the top and 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 fuck around yeah, over there now i don't even i firstly it's like a big line in economics companies we don't compete we're not at war with each other we trade right and that's okay. just true like every country can kind of specialize we can reduce the cost of what it is to create and consume goods everyone benefits by trade but now people just don't view the world that way they view it like hey we're all in competition or whatever so it's like fine 
let you guys be short-sighted and go to war and realize that war sucks and everybody loses. We'll be over here. We'll continue to invest in good decisions. And you guys will learn also, oh, we should be like those people and invest in smart things because then you can live a better life. You can stay in power longer, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Okay. Trump made his claim of the wire hacking, (laughs) um, which might be true, might be ridiculous, whatever. See, I feel like that's just another type of Hail Mary thing. Like, hmm, let me just throw this wiretapping thing out. Okay. If it hits, if like, he probably was giving, you know, some information that there was probably some, some sort of tap, you know, like. Well, there's some suspicious shit going on yeah. behind the scenes that's taking down his staff. Right. Right. Now, I think what he's doing is, I, I read two articles. I wish I could tell you exactly the articles. One article where it's talking about Obama is raising funding for basically a legal team to be going after kind of what they see Trump is doing as being illegal. Mm-hmm. Then you also had like some lady that he worked with was moving into his house. It looks like he's kind of gearing up to being a political fight against Trump on policies he doesn't agree with. I think what Trump is doing here is basically just telling him, hey man, back the fuck off. He, he's throwing a jab. He's like, you, you want to look for problems? I run the show over here. I'll start investigating you for random shit. I'm going to get people like going after you. Back the fuck off. But that's what he's you, doing. But don't you think that that's, you know, like... Him trying to throw, you know, lobbing some, something, just some, throwing just some like shit throwing in some yeah. shit, like, oh, maybe you know, someone will kind of take this and run with it and prove me right, right. And if not, like, then it's just up, oh, same old Trump being a fucking idiot again. Could be, and like, there's no real ramifications to right to him. So losing out on on these claims, I think. Oh, you, you think there's something there. No. So if you want to see the best argument for there being something there, there's uh, like a seven-minute Mark Levin thing where he really lays it out on Fox News. He, he, he makes a pretty good argument for it. Now, I just want to talk about Mark Levin and Rachel Maddow for a second. Okay. You ever watch either of them? I used to. Which, both of them? Uh, Fox News used to be on. Oh, in the office, in the office all the time, yeah. and that's where you catch your news. What I like about the two, to me, those two are like just as broadcasters. They're great at what they do. They both have this thing like where it's like they're inciting a riot. Like Mark Levin, I feel like in any century, that guy just exists. Like, and Mr. President, I'm telling you, it's a fraud of epic proportions. Just everything is like that. It's like he's inciting a riot. Rachel Maddow has the same thing. I'm going to pull some clips. Yeah, you got it. Oh, okay. So to me, everything that comes out of their mouth is like, this scene at the end of Ace Ventura, this is one of my favorite scenes in any movie. This is a movie I've Today seen. I met you, there was a white substance on your shoe that I mistook for plaster yesterday. I saw the same white substance outside the hut where the bat was kept, and suddenly it hit me. The great white bat has great white guano. That's what you slipped in. That's what was on your shoe, and that explains the abrasion on your palm. Let me run that back for you. That's what you slipped in. That's what was on your shoe. And that explains the abrasion on your palm. All right. Now we got some Mark Levin action. You ready? But the point is they just they bring the heat. It's uh-huh. like it doesn't matter what they're talking about. They're fucking throwing fire. And so just as entertainers, I think they're the two of them are the best at what they do. A lot of other activities. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post. March 2nd. U.S. investigators 
have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials mm -hmm. and Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring. And It doesn't matter what that guy's talking about. His tonality yeah. for this job is perfect. I worked in sales. A lot of it was just the tone that you had over to convey your message. God damn, is that guy perfect. Doesn't even matter what the fuck he's talking about. He could, he could win an argument with me about ice. And chocolate is the best flavor. <laughs> and uh -huh. now Rachel Maddow, she, I mean, it's the, the approach is a little bit different, but it's the same basic flavor. Because if you don't spell his name right, that creates a little bit of a Google problem around this story. Because when this guy, when this guy, the head of the economic section at the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., when he turned up in that sketchy, uncorroborated dossier of alleged Russian dirt on Donald Trump, his name was misspelled in the dossier. Uh, they flopped a couple of the vowels around, so he was spelled Kuligin instead of Kalugin. And so, if, like me, you set Google News alerts on names that popped up in that dossier, that created a problem for following the story because the name was misspelled in the dossier. I guess I'm telling our 10 listeners, if you want good news coverage, I don't even know if I agree with these people, but they're, to me, they're just like the absolute best at what this is in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. All right. At least the fun aspect. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So, last thing we got is the new CIA leak. Oh, actually, we got two more here. Um, the CIA leak, but I mean, it just happened and I usually run about a week late on the news. So I don't have much on that. As you say, it'll be news to you in a week. <laughs> um, now the one thing is like, we, we've heard a ton about the kind of the connection between Russia and WikiLeaks and also Edward Snowden, maybe not being all that noble in, um, trying to tell the American people like, Hey, the NSA is spying with you, but actually working alongside with Russia and maybe really exposing American secrets to foreign powers, right? Now, in this case, I... So, here's the big flag... What they're, what they're claiming is the big flagrancy of what was released is two. One is they very much explained our process and monitoring. So, if you're like a terrorist now or a person involved in illegal activity, everything that we used to have by way of tools for kind of finding you or figuring out what you're doing, monitoring your activities, they just told you how to avoid it. And so, they've made the CIA's job of, I guess, trying to track terrorists, drugs, whatever the hell they that do, much harder. that much harder. Then it sounds like even more flagrant is they actually released some of the malware and codes that the U.S. used in order to hack, which I think might empower hackers to now be able to use those codes. I don't know. To, like, copy them. Yeah, I don't know enough about, like, tech to quite understand that. But now, if this was the Russians, I don't know what benefit they would have in terms of sharing that technology or under, like in other words, if, if these are tools that we're actually using to fight terrorists, Russia, I would think, is on the anti-terrorist side. I don't know what the advantage is in terms of like in other words, when Snowden was releasing, hey, they're monitoring you. So that was very much so, I guess, helpful in terms of us understanding government in the way that they're abusing its power. Yeah, I think that was more just like a realization of what we kind of feared. Right. But now, if this is very much just exposing the tech, uh, but, but that might just be the this is more right wing propaganda. Like the CIA being somewhat corrupt. No, this doesn't sound like it would. 
Oh, you mean because they're using things? That, yeah, you know what? It just that happens. They're just kind of going above. Right. Like I read something where it was like. I would also think if they. Oh, yeah, go for it. Where the CIA, again, you might get to this and we'll discuss it in the future, um, that the CIA is hacking whatever they're hacking and being able to put like the Russians trail or like fingerprints, electronic fingerprints on whatever they're doing. Wait, wait, this was CIA is right. Is kind of making it seem like the Russians are the ones hacking when they're actually the ones doing and gathering whatever information. So they can put out to the media and to the, the U S public, like, Oh, these Russian hackers are, you know, so, you know, like, I saw are, that. Are, are kind no, of no, like I saw that they were. This. I thought that that. I didn't put that together because when it was telling me that, I thought it was saying that part of what we do if we're hacking another country is we leave in electronic footprints. They don't realize it's us. But what you're saying no. is we actually have the ability to make it seem like other people are hacking us. So the CIA or the FBI could really be completely full of shit when they're making up this Russian and, claim. And being able to kind of. Use their full power at everything, you know, to accumulate. Right, they can really undermine government because it's just saying, "Oh, like these, this we we got hacked." Wow, that's shocking. Okay, I guess that's going to be an interesting thing as it unfolds and as we see more oh, of what sure. exists within the hacking. So, last article I wanted to uh, highlight and focus on. This was like two weeks back in the journal. There was this article, "Mind and Matter," by Robert Sapolsky. And um, it was called The Grim Truth Behind the Winter Effect. And one of the things that was very interesting in that article was just talking about how um, there's this weird thing in life that winners continue to win and losers continue to lose. And part of why that is is because winners, they got the feel-good feeling from having won earlier, so they'll take more risks and work harder towards winning. Whereas once you experience failure, it really sucks. So you're a little bit more reserved in your approach and you continue to lose. The other thing is there's actually chemical things that go on within your body that actually, like, there's a charisma that comes with winning and your oh, body's yeah. releasing I those chemicals that. that then draws more winning. We got to figure out some ways to start sure. winning. We got to maybe, like, start small. It's just we feel fucking get some, victorious. Get some small wins. Yeah, we need, like, some winning capital so we can start winning big. We need yeah. we need winner energy. It's very important. Oh, for sure. That's a new thing. I didn't pick up on it. You need winner energy to start winning. So let's just start with some small wins. Like tonight, let's Build go out up. and eat some delicious pastries and feel like, hey, we ate delicious pastries. That's a fucking win. That's a win. Let's do it. All right. We're going out like winners tonight. Any uh, any closing remarks, statements? I think we just fucking closed it Things out. you got to get off your chest. No. All right. That's it. Later, dudes.